I want to turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Speak to us, Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. There are some things that the Lord has put in my heart to minister. I'm, I'm just desiring to hear His voice as much as some of you here are. I hope all of you are. I'm desiring to hear God's voice. I'm desiring, I'm earnestly seeking to listen to Him. Amen. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 says, Therefore, say therefore, therefore. prepare your minds for action. Say action. action. Say action. action. With some more action, say action. action. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Man, say prepare. prepare. Say be ready. Be ready. Now we, are, we are in this season, in, in this uh, year where the Lord has uh, asked us, instructed us to be ready and to be prepared. And with every passing day, I hope it's uh, uh, you're on a mission. It's like you're on a mission to be, to be found ready, to be found prepared. Where duty calls. Hello, where duty calls. Where duty calls. Where action is demanded of you. Prepare your minds for action. Your, your mind must be ready. Even before your body acts, your mind must be ready for action. Your mind must be prepared for action. It's all about early preparation. Say early preparation. You prepare early so that you can execute well. Hello? That's how it is. You prepare early so that you can execute well. It's all in the preparation. That's why the Bible is instructing us, therefore prepare your minds for action. The Bible is not saying act. Let your bodies act. The Bible is saying prepare your minds for action. So even before your body has to act to something, your mind has to be ready for action. And your mind must, your spirit must be sober. Say sober. Meaning un, undistracted. It must be sober, huh? steadfast. Sobriety, so another, another word for sobriety so is steadfastness. You are, you're not clogged in your mind. You're not cluttered in your mind. You be, keep, your, keep sober in spirit. Not restless in spirit, but sober. Amen. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the Spirit of God is stirring us up in this regard. The past several weeks, uh, we've been hearing the word, uh, you know, calling us into action. For we are called for such a time as this. You've heard that. For we are called for such a time as this. We are called to, uh, if we don't act in the Kairos moment of God, then God will, God will depend on somebody else for that. And we, we must, and that's our privilege. It's a privilege to respond to God when He calls us into action. Amen. I want to turn your I want you to turn your Bibles to Haggai chapter 2. How many of you know Haggai? Who is Haggai? You can say the name. You can you can say what you know about Haggai. The prophet Haggai. That's right. Uh, not much is mentioned about Haggai. Uh, I don't think, I don't remember seeing anything about his lineage. Haggai's uh, lineage is not really mentioned. Or I didn't see. I, I, I couldn't find that out. I was trying to quickly uh, go through the, the scriptures to see whether anything is mentioned about his, uh, his father. He's not. Nothing is mentioned about him. Uh, Haggai, Haggai is one among the three um, minor prophets. Okay, the last three books of the Old Testament are? Last three books. No, Sephaniah is in the last four books. Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Okay? Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. After these three minor prophets, then what happened? 400 years of silence. So you must understand. And these three uh, prophets, uh, I believe, uh, all three of them, not mistaken, are post-exilic uh, prophets. Uh, God restored um, Israel back to their homeland. 
they were they were taken into exile to Babylon. Seven, how many years? How many years of exile? Yeah, that's right. Seventy years of exile. Yeah, that's right. Seventy years of exile. So Babylon took uh, uh, Israel uh, into exile for seventy years, and they were under exile for seventy years. And then what happened? The Medo-Persians defeated the Babylonians, and then a good king by the name Cyrus. That's right. The Bible calls him Cyrus the the Anointed. Can you believe? Can you can you imagine that? He's an, he's a he's a heathen. He's a Persian king. But the Bible calls him Cyrus the Anointed. God can anoint anybody he wants to. That's why you and I are here. Anointed of the Lord. Amen. Cyrus the Anointed. Cyrus the one who is called by God to do what? To, to bring his people back or to, um, uh, to lead his people back or to direct his people back. He was God, very divinely placed by God in the grand scheme of things. And then they returned. Uh, to Israel. Before we look at all that, I wanted to read from Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. Okay, this is very much in line with what we've been considering, not that we are done with that, that uh, passages that we've been, we've been looking at about um, King Hezekiah, that's right. Hezekiah and we looked at uh, uh, how he repaired the temple, restored the temple, restored worship. He called the people to return to God and they all rejoiced as they returned. And the next chapter that we are yet to deal with is about the reforms that he brought about. Amen. We look at that in a while. But let's now look at Haggai chapter 2 and verse, verses 1 to 9. Say Haggai. Hello, I want some more excitement in the house. Some more, can you turn up the volume a little bit more? Say Haggai. Hey, That's good, Haggai. Hey, Haggai hey, chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. On the first, so on the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai hey, the prophet saying, Speak now to Serubabel, the son of Shealtiel. So there are these two characters. One is Serubabel and the other guy is Joshua. These two are the, the ones who kind of led the people back to their land okay speak now to now to Surbabel. Surbabel is by the way the only guy remaining in the lineage of David there's nobody remaining in the lineage of David who came back so the only guy who's a rightful heir uh, to the, the throne because God promised that such a person will be there so Surbabel is coming back to uh, uh, the homeland as a governor yeah so speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, <coughs> sorry, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage, Zerubbabel. Declares the Lord, take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work. Say work. Oh, nobody wants to work. Say work. How many, of you, how many of you want to work for the Lord? Say work. Turn to your neighbor and say work. That's good. And work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. Say, do not fear. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations and I will fill this house with glory. Say glory. glory. Say glory. glory. Say glory. We must get used to glory. Amen. I mean, the church must get used to glory. Amen. We must get used to glory. We must understand what is glory. We must live in glory. Amen. Amen. The silver is mine. Verse 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And I will play, and in this place I shall give peace declares the Lord of hosts. Amen. So like I said, Haggai uh, prophesied during the post-exilic uh, period. Um, Israel taken to Babylon for 70 years. Babylon was subdued by Medo-Persians and they came back. 
because Cyrus the king acted. Uh, and um, um, in fact, he put forward only one condition. You know what, what's the condition that he put forward? You must go back, you can go back to your homeland. You can go back and build your, your, your city. Only one condition, you must build the temple of God, which was destroyed. Can you believe that? This foreign uh, king instructed the people of God on one condition, you go and build the temple of God. You can go, return, but go and build the temple of God. So many decided to stay not everyone returned to their homeland, by the way. In fact, there's a number. I will probably give you the number uh, maybe the next time we look at it. But not everyone decided to go to their homeland. Many decided to stay because Babylon had now become their safe place. Babylon had become their safe place, uh, sort of like a, uh, a safe uh, haven for them. A place where they can... Uh, be fine, yeah. Comfortable, that's the word. Be comfortable. Because you're, you're talking about having lost everything. The, the, the city is destroyed. The temple is destroyed. Everything that they had in their homeland is destroyed. The best of their land, the best of their men were taken in exile to a foreign land. Living in that land for 70 years, okay? They survived 70 years because God, of course, allowed them to survive. And then they started to make a living. I'm sure that they were prosperous. Some of them were prosperous. They were hardworking. They were prosperous. They found um, favor with this new ruler, this new kingdom that has come over that place. They found favor. So they were thriving. They were doing well. So not everyone wanted to go back. They, not everyone wanted to go back to their homeland. And you must understand that um, going back to their homeland, going back to Jerusalem, okay, going back to their homeland was more of a spiritual decision. It was a spiritual decision. It's amazing. If you look at it, I mean, incredible. The, the Bible very clearly puts it like that. They were instructed, you can go, you can return, you can, you can rebuild your city, you, you must rebuild your temple. It was a spiritual decision and many didn't want to go back because future did not seem very bright back in the homeland, whereas everything was going fine. In this new place. By 70 years, one generation, almost a generation has lived. Past, not much are left behind or remaining of the ones who came out of their homeland. So now this new generation does not want to go back. They're comfortable here. They have started businesses. They have found jobs. They have sent their kids to schools and universities. So life is going well in Babylon. So when the opportunity came, you can go back if you want to. Most of them did not go back or many of them did not go back because like I said, it was a spiritual decision. Returning to uh, Jerusalem was a spiritual choice rather than a, a carrier choice or a relocation choice. So they were returning to a land which was not cultivated for 70 years. Think about it. They had a livelihood. 70 years ago, they had a livelihood. It was a, it was a land which was prosperous. It was a land which was thriving and yielding good, uh, you know, good harvest and things like that. But that land has not been cultivated for 70 years. Destroyed. Everything brought down. Their towns, their, their townships, everything brought down. Their farmlands, everything gone. To, to start from scratch is not a small, it's a Herculean task. It's not a small thing. They were returning to a land which was not cultivated for 70 years. They were returning to a land without walls. Without walls. A city without... Who wants to go back to a city without walls? Who wants to go to a city without defined borders? They didn't want to. Most of them didn't want to. And also they were leaving behind friends. Say friends. You go to a place and you have friends. You get used to a place. You're comfortable there. You make friends. You have family. You have uh, houses that you build, not expecting this, this uh, change. You build, you invested, say invested, into homes, into concrete structures. Probably you've taken loans. They've took, taken a loan to build a home. Think about it. Now to, to take, take up an opportunity to return to this land, 
it's not a it's not a simple choice however the rebuilding of the temple was halted so they 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 went back they went back okay they went back with the decree decree of cyrus saying yeah you can go back and rebuild but the the rebuilding of the temple was halted two years into the the rebuilding if i am not mistaken it was halted they started rebuilding they had favor they had the resources limited of course limited resources limited people but they had the decree the favor but after two years it was halted because you're talking about a generation which is coming out of exile you're talking about a generation they have seen um the hard hard side of life they have seen the trauma of life they've gone through the trauma of life and now it is it does not take much for the enemy to discourage such a people from doing what god has called them to do in fact when you read through ezra and nehemiah you can see how the enemies were trying i mean just a few people will come and say hey your your wall is not very strong okay this is not going to stand and some other people will say can we also join you we can also join you in your in your uh, building up the wall we can also help you so the devil tried all different kinds of uh, um tricks so to speak to confuse them to distract them to discourage them and after the after one king died or the uh, one king moved and the next king took over there was a uh, a cut uh, the, the 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 subsidy that was allowed to them to rebuild was cut because this king wanted to invest into military i believe so the whatever they were given to rebuild was cut so they didn't have resources now and of course they have very short of people no resource no people no encouragement no focus no passion no drive no vision now why am i telling you all this you must understand the context in which these prophets were prophesying we're talking about three prophets especially the two of them hegai and sekaria two prophets god raised up two prophets to speak to his people in a time of despair in a time of no um no focus in a time of no no vision god raised up two prophets so almost 20 years later okay i i think if the the the, the numbers are right two years they built and then for the next 16 years it remains just like that how many of you have seen uh, a house which is half built and lying like like that for so many years maybe a building that is like half built maybe the foundation is there that's the first thing that you do you excavate and you place the foundation and you do the um, the concrete for that the concrete uh, you know the plinth and all that stuff you do all that and then probably you start building the wall at that stage halted the building got halted the construction got halted so you're talking about a structure which looks spooky say spooky a half done structure lying around for a couple of decades is a spooky structure weird it's a it's a symbol of disgrace it's a symbol of curse so they are dealing with all this they're dealing with they are when they look around see and you're talking about a people the focal point of their life at one point of history was what the temple everything for the jewish people revolved around worship everything revolved they were a people of god they were hand picked by god chosen of god god gave them the laws god gave them the feast god gave them the the festivals god gave them the instruction to keep all those things everything revolved around the temple but now the temple is not there what else is there to return to they are coming back to a land where the focal point of their life 70 years back is not there and they have the mandate to rebuild it now i hope i am speaking to somebody here they have the mandate to rebuild what was once the focal point of this people the existence of this people the symbol of god's presence with them is not there do you know that that was a symbol see everywhere they traveled they went with the the tabernacle they went with the the ark of the covenant and finally solomon built a temple where this can be kept see so these people this people was they were defined say defined they defined by the presence of god 
wherever they went god went with them or wherever god went they went with god and when they refused to go with god they they suffered they went through trouble but the de very definition of this people was a people who walked with god god was in their midst now returning to the homeland there is no symbol there is no sign there is nothing outwardly for the world to know that god is still with them i hope you're getting this when the world is looking at them they ask israel have, they have returned israel has returned back to their homeland but things are not the same their god is not with them anymore see worship is what proves the presence of god in the life of people if there is no worship there is the world cannot see god hello i hope you will you will understand what i am trying to communicate here if there is no worship in your life in my life people cannot see god in our lives the proof of us walking with god the proof of us moving with god the proof of us living with god is our worship if you are stingy in our worship people cannot see god in our lives so these people were left without a place of worship no sanctuary no temple no place for them to offer worship unto god that means presence of god not with them and to add to the mystery the very building they were trying to reconstruct to the temple that they want to reconstruct is now in such a shabby condition it is maybe couple of feet high that's it it's a shame So after two years of this initial groundwork, the work ceased, and uh, not another stone was laid for almost 16 years. We're talking about almost 20 years after they returned. They still don't have a structure. They still don't have a place of worship. They don't have. They still don't have a sign that God is with them to show the world. So the people lost their drive. Say drive. The people lost their zeal for God. the people lost their hunger for god the people lost their conviction about god there is no hunger there is no conviction there is no zeal there is no passion there is no worship we're talking about a generation which came out god led them back to their homeland but they can't do what they were doing so they had so much to overcome and you and i have so much to overcome first and foremost they had to rediscover worship now the god is just telling us this over and over you know we we heard how the king this this king called hezekiah he restored worship he repaired the temple he restored worship he consecrated people unto worship unto the service of god just to make sure that people are drawn back to god and they responded they returned to god they responded to god by returning to god and they rejoiced and immediately these things came about So that's always in the heart of God. You you must understand the God that you and I serve. He is after your worship. One thing that our God is after is your worship. He is after your worship. He is after your attention. God seeks your attention. God he does not have any problem making it plain. He does not have any he will not he will not mince words when he he tries to communicate that with you. He wants your attention. He wants your attention. so they had to this people had to rediscover worship and they had to rediscover their devotion to god but what to do survival say survival survival is a greater concern than worship now in fact when you read the first chapter of hegai you will realize the kind of times they were living in it was more about survival recession had hit the place famine nothing is enough the more they spend they realize that nothing they they left with nothing they they more the, the more they try to acquire they realize that everything is going somewhere let's read chapter 1 in the second year of darius or darius the king on the first day of the sixth month the word of the lord came by the prophet hegai to sirbabel the son of shealtiel governor of juda and to joshua the son of jehoshadak the high priest saying thus says the lord of hosts 
this people says the time has not come even the time for the house of the lord to be rebuilt after almost 20 years 20 plus 70 that means almost a century later these people god is telling this people they are saying it is not a time to rebuild the temple so that means they have wrong say wrong priorities say wrong priorities see see one thing that stands in the way of your worship is wrong priorities if you have wrong priorities in your life your worship will be messed up god always wants you to have the right priorities in life so that he will he will receive worship now you, you can read okay let's keep reading thus says the lord of hosts this people says the time has not come even the time for the house of the lord to be rebuilt then the word of the lord came by Haggai the prophet saying is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate the house of god the place of worship lies desolate but you say that it is not a time to rebuild it what about you you say that it is time for you to rebuild or build paneled houses for yourself whereas this house you must understand god is talking about talking to his people whom he led out of Egypt, whom he led out of slavery, whom he uh, made to walk across the land victorious, whom he made to come in and conquer the land flowing with milk and honey. God is telling that people who, the same God who allotted them portions in that land, that God is now telling them, I don't have a place to stay. I don't have a place to stay. And you are saying it is not a time for me to stay in a house whereas you all are building houses for yourself look at the heart of god the mercy of god it's like you know you return to the land where you were dwelling with god and god is living in the street and you all are building for yourself houses that's the picture you must understand god where is he living he's living in the streets where are you living? You are living in paneled houses. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled house, houses while this house lies desolate? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Just three words. The power in those three words, if you can understand. God is telling his people, consider your ways. You have sown much. So God is saying, take a look at your own life. Consider your ways. And he explains to them. Because they are not able to understand the economics. They are not able to, able to understand the, the, uh, the, the, the loss of demand and supply and, and all those things. They are not able to understand the dynamics of this. You have sown much, but harvest little. You have sown so much, but you're harvesting only. It's like, you know, you, you, you uh, planted uh, 100. What do you want to plant? Huh? It's good. Okay? 100 etavaras you planted. Planted, right? Uh -huh. So 100 of those you planted. When the harvest came, you only got 5 of those. Or 10 of those. 90% of your sowing has gone in waste. You have sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You are eating, but you are not satisfied. You still go hungry. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns the wages to put into a purse with holes. <laughs> it's, those days they didn't have digital, digital wallets and all. Okay, today you are like, you know, praise God. We have Paytims and the phone pays and the, the digital wallets. We have all that, banks and ATM cards and all.
earn wages to be put into a purse with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Look at your, yourself. Consider your ways. Go up the, to the mountains. Bring wood and rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. Simple. He does not, he does not take it any further. God does not take it any further. He says, consider your ways. You go up the mountains, bring the wood and rebuild my temple that I may be pleased. God is pleased with worship and he demands it from us. He demands it from us. He seeks true worshipers. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. What, do you, what does he seek? The father is seeking for true worshipers. He demands worship. If there is one thing that he demands from you, he demands your worship from, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. He demands it. That I may be pleased, the Lord says. If you don't rebuild my house, I am not pleased. And you, go, you can continue on in your misery. You sow much, but you harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You, get, you drink, but you are not getting drunk. You are clothed, but you are not feeling warm enough. And whatever you earn, you are putting in a purse full of holes. By the time you, you put, it, put your hand in the purse again, there is nothing in, in there. It's like it's got a leak. Your savings have a leak. It's a leak. Verse 9, you look for much, but behold, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I, I, say I, I blow it away. Get your priorities right. Get your priorities right. People of God, consider your ways. Get your priorities right. See, God, God is not a God who will say, you can live any way you want. You don't have to worship me. I will still provide. No, God wants to fix your life. He wants to fix your attitude unto God. He wants you to get it right. He is after a relationship with you. God is after a relationship with you. It is important for God. He will not compromise on that. Yes, God is gracious and compassionate and full of love. But He is after you. He wants to have a, a relationship. Say relationship. You bring it home, I blow it away. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts. Because of my house, which lies desolate, which each of you, while, while each of you runs to his own house. My house, I mean, I, I don't know whether you can really understand the gravity of this. God, God's heart cry, he shared with the prophet Haggai. And I'm, I'm amazed at this man. He, I mean, in fact, his, his book is so small. I think his prophetic word spanned for only less than three months or four months. 15 weeks to be precise. This, pro this prophet, his prophetic ministry, recorded prophetic ministry, spanned only for 15 weeks. He started prophesying in a certain day and he prophesied for the next 15 weeks in spurts, in, in like different intervals, in, in intervals. And all, and this prophet is carrying the heart cry of God. God wants to communicate to his people, this is not right. What you're doing is not right. I brought you out of exile. The way you're living is not right. You're struggling because you're ignoring me. You're struggling in your life because you are, you are not giving priority to me. And this prophet is carrying the weight of that word. Because of my house, which lies desolate while each of you runs to his own house. You all have houses. You all have houses. I don't have a house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withered its dew and the earth has withered its produce. The reason for famine. God has explained to them. It's not climate change. It's not climate change. Because of you, because of your wrong priorities, because of your distorted agenda, because of you, the sky has withered its dew and the earth has withered its produce. And I called 
ignoring my house ignoring my house but when they obeyed everything will change everything will change hallelujah hallelujah you can read about the whole rebuilding in the books of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah uh and like i said you know the enemies do not have to do much to prevent such a generation from rebuilding and restoring worship so god intervened through the prophets say pro- prophets so god likes to intervene you know through prophets he likes to intervene through his ministers he intervened granted them favor again granted them favor again to rebuild and and uh, you know the the permission was restored back to them again uh, but by the time everything was happening they have lost their drive for worship now these prophets are speaking they're speaking to stir up the people of god into action to prepare their minds for action say action, action. are you getting something here yes. prepare your minds for action god sends his word to prepare your minds for action god will stir up your your spirit to prepare your minds for action he wants to act through you he wants to do something through you and the only way he can get it done through you is by sending his word and speaking to you by the spirit of god that's the only way he can stir you up just like in the old testament he stirred up he stirred up the people when the spirit of god came upon the prophet he stirred them up gave them a word and said you have to do this consider your ways change your ways turn away from what you're doing reprioritize your life prepare your minds for action your minds for action when the see when the prophetic is activated people when the prophetic is activated people will respond people will respond huh that's right and when the prophetic is activated worship is in no time do you know how how much longer it took for them to build after the prophetic word was released 2 years within the next 2 years they built the temple back they waited for after returning they waited for almost 18 years nothing nothing would happen but when the prophetic came when the word of the lord came by the spirit of god when the prophetic utterance was released in 2 more years the temple is back you're not getting this you are not getting this So you must understand the importance of these two prophets the relevance of their ministry whose reputation is at stake now huh that's right god's reputation is at stake these two prophets intervened because god's reputation is at stake they spoke because god's reputation at stake this people whom god called out of egypt and established in a land they are now they now without god and the, the 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 evidence or the proof of the presence of god must be reestablished in their lives that's why these two prophets came up and they spoke what god asked them to speak so um i told you 15 just in 15 weeks uh, hegai um you know gave his prophetic message if you read through this this these two chapters that's it that's two ta- two chapters Hey guys prophetic word two chapters contained in just two chapters spanning just 15 weeks less than two less than 3 months 
Let's read Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 to 9 one more time. On the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? So now, the people started to rebuild the temple one more time. Okay? And they are, it's nearing its finishing. Okay? It's, it's going good. And then, there's another problem now. What's the next problem? Yeah, they have memories of the former glory. Some of them have seen the earlier temple. Who built the temple? Solomon, the wisest man, the richest man. He built the temple for God. And this temple that they're trying to rebuild is, is a pale shadow. Say pale shadow. A pale shadow. So they're looking every time they, they place a brick. And they, I don't know how many of you build a house in your life or you have constructed something. I remember every day when I built, I got the uh, blessed... Um, opportunity to build a house. I remember every day in the evening, I'll go and stand and take a look at the progress, the progress. So these people, I believe, are also doing the same thing. Every day, by the, when the evening comes, they were looking at the progress of the, the building of the temple and they're not rejoicing, they're disheartened. They're disheartened. Because amongst them are some who have seen the temple in its former glory. And this temple is not even a, there's no comparison, say no comparison. No comparison. The younger people, the younger generation, they have not seen the earlier temple, but they've heard about the earlier temple. And they also know there's, there's no comparison here. So they're disheartened. They're saddened. They're discouraged. That's when prophet speaks again. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now, take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work. Do what you're supposed to do. Work. Say work. 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 When it is still called a day, work. For the night is coming. Hello? Church, when it is still called a day, work. I'll tell you what's happening to the church. Can I give you, bring you perspective here? We are, we are hearing about all of the church history. All the wonderful revivals. I spoke this word uh, at one of our focus meetings. We are, you're hearing about, you're, you're, you're studying about all the revivals that took place. Right from Acts chapter 2 onwards. You, you know it. You know how God has moved in the church. You know how the power of God has manifested in the church. And this generation is looking back at all that and saying... This is not even a comparison. I'm sure that you were part of at least one conversation in your lifetime when you, your mouth watered speaking about the glory days or considering the glory days and hoping you and I can see that again. Am I true or not? I have been. I have been wishing that your shadows will heal. Hoping that handkerchiefs taken from you will go and that will heal people. Hoping that you go into a place and demons will scream and leave. Not that it is not happening, but I'm talking in the, in the magnitude, say magnitude. And in the, in the degree with which it happened in those early days. We had those spurts. Revival happening, spurts died out, spurts died out. So now this generation, we, you and I are living in a generation, we are looking at all those things and we are saying, where, are the former, where is the former glory? Where is the former glory? And we are discouraged. The church at large is discouraged seeing how, how down we have come. But now take courage, Sarubhavan. Take courage also, Joshua. And all the people of the land, take courage, for I am with you. Work, for I am with you. This is what the Lord is telling the church. Work. Work. Don't dwell in the past glory. There are things that you must do now. There are things that you and I must do now. Amen. 
as for the promise which i made you when you came out of egypt my spirit is abiding in your midst is not fear for thus says the lord once more say once more this is a this is a word for the church once more in a little while i'm going to shake the the heavens and the earth and the sea also and the dry land and i will shake all the nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations so see, these people are they're struggling they're struggling because they cannot they, 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 they they're doing their best they're doing their best to somehow make sure that this temple looks good but they are struggling they don't have resources for that but god is saying i'm going to bring in the wealth of all the nations and i will fill this house with glory you're looking at something very small you're some you're looking at something very insignificant in comparison you're looking at something which are at a at a, at a at a much lower scale it looks like a prototype to what was the original that's the comparison but saying take courage take courage take courage do not be discouraged take courage take courage take courage and work work there is a work you had i have to do we must do the work when we have time to do it do the work do the work do the work and the lord says i'm going to shake everything i'm going to shake the earth i'm going to shake the heavens i'm going to shake the sky i'm going to shake everything to make sure that this house will be filled with the glory what is what was that word? that's that phrase in the song that ready or not god is on the move god will move this is a song that we heard yesterday when we were having a dinner ready or not whether you are ready or not i want i want you to know that whether you and i are ready or not god has a set time and he will move and those who have prepared their minds for action will join the action that's why this word is coming to you work do the work do not be like you know oh you know once upon a time the church was like this once upon in our our earlier days our grandfathers days my grandmothers days the church used to be like this in the in the first century church it was like this yes it was like that but the days are coming ready or not god's going to move ready or not he's not going to wait for any man god is not going to wait for any man the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory what was your refrain to duality in in scripture of course uh, in prophetic word in scripture there is duality there is plurality in in prophetic word but he was looking at the church this prophet god made him see the church the latter glory this is the house this is the house you and i are the house the former glory solomon could build that why because he he was rich he was wise in his wisdom and in his richness he built a, a glorious house for god now we are the house of god the church is the house of god we are the tabernacle of praise the bible says the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory ready or not god is going to do it See the problem is see no sometimes we we go like the, the the people of Israel such a stubborn people such a stubborn people how quickly they forgotten god but look at this 16 weeks or 15 weeks of ministry resulted in the the temple getting reconstructed in 2 years i i believe they were a better people than us here there's a word coming and you all rejoice one week later you forgotten the word and you're like and you know, scratching your head did i hear it somewhere you can't connect you can't connect your spirit is not sober say sober. sober keep your spirit sober uncluttered uncluttered keep it clear unto god keep your mind prepared for action that he can move through you and do some things through you church your mind is full of so many other things you are after your paneled houses and you are after your businesses you are after your child's education you are after so many other things there are pursuits in your life which you have prioritized above god and there is no burden for god there's no desire for god 
there's no pursuit for god you want to see glory do you want to see glory yes you're doubtful see that's why it shows how ready you are do you want to see glory yes come on yes. i mean not for my sake you know just 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 think like this jesus christ is standing right here okay and he is asking me to ask you do you want to see glory you go like yeah you have some glory to show don't be like this do you want to see glory yes do you really the church do you really want to see glory yes. i want to stand up to your feet do you want to see glory do you want to see glory do you know what it takes for god to show his glory do you know what it takes for god to show his glory it's not that god is not he does not want to show his glory it is that you don't want to see his glory there's no pursuit for the glory of god there's not there's no pursuit for the presence of god there's no pursuit for worship there's no hunger for god there is no zeal for god can you restore these things back and god will show his glory the world will see the glory of the lord in and through the church not the kind of pursuit and hunger which lasts for a week not the kind of hunger and pursuit and intentionality that will last for a few days no but something that will stay something that will stay something that is real something that is desperate we heard that last week like the deer panted for the water a posture of desperation unto god consider your ways consider your ways you and i must consider our ways the church at large must consider every believer every believer must consider our ways we must consider our ways we have a priority is wrong yes we are saved your blood wash we are we are living in the grace of god we have the the the, the, the holy spirit as a helper we have the abundance of god we have all that but we have to reprioritize our lives we have to look at our ways and then god will show his glory and then that scripture will be true the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory does it bother you does it bother you when god is seeking for worship and you can't give him worship does it bother you that's what what was happening at this time god was seeking worship from his people the people to whom he has shown love and affection and care and concern they forgot that this god needs to be worshiped they pushed the importance the 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 requirement they pushed it away it's not a time it's not a time for worship it is not a time for worship you must ask yourself when is time for worship when is the time for worship when is the time to build the house of worship when is the time to give to restore worship in your life when is the time to prioritize the things of god when when now we sing songs like come now is the time to worship do we understand what we are singing do we even understand what we sing are we lying to god are we lying to god do you think that we can sing anything we want in worship and get away with it no we can't god takes your words very seriously the passage we just read is talking about glory do you know what is glory do you know what glory means glory means high honor glory means high honor glory means distinction this is dictionary meanings i'm only giving you dictionary meanings glory means distinction high honor distinction glory means admiration glory means i'm again repeating all dictionary meanings for you to understand what glory means glory means brilliant radiant beauty brilliant radiant beauty glory means splendor 
Glory means resplendence. Glory means victory. That's what glory means. Glory means victory. Glory means success. Glory means an emanation of light. A radiance of light. Glory means the manifestation of the presence of God. That's what glory means. Okay, now understand what, what was the prophet saying when he said the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory. He was saying the latter high honor, the latter admiration, the latter distinction, the latter brilliant, radiant beauty, the latter splendor and resplendence, the latter victory and success, the latter emanation of light, the latter manifestation of the presence of God is greater we come to the ever-increasing glory. The church must realize that. We have come to ever-increasing glory. The glory days are not the festivity church. Yes, they were glory days. Ever-increasing glory. We come into a time where the, the return of the Lord is very near. The Lord will do a work in our times, in our generation, which will far outshadow all the years of church history whether you're ready or not he will do it that's why the word is prepare your minds for action prepare your minds for action be sober in spirit be found sober in spirit be found sober in spirit fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ This book is talking about the devotion unto God. Where is your devotion to God? Where is your loyalty? Where are your priorities? Restore worship. Restore worship in your life. Give God the first place. Give God the first place. There is an order in the church. There is an order in the church. Don't behave like there is no order in the church. There's an order in the house of worship. There's a reverence that God demands that I may be pleased. That I may be pleased and may be glorified. God wants to be pleased. He's seeking to be pleased. He's seeking to be pleased. He's seeking to be glorified. Are you available? Are you available? Are you available? Are you available? Understand glory. It's high honor. The glory of the Lord will be revealed through the church. High honor unto God will be revealed through the church. The church will be an object of admiration, Amen. distinction, Amen. brilliant, radiant beauty, Amen. where the presence of God will be made manifest. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Prepare us, prepare our minds, prepare our minds. I want you to take time. Look at your own life. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. There are things, if there are things in your life which needs to be reprioritized, if there are things in your, uh, in your life that needs to be rearranged, reordered, there are things to be reordered, reorder, reprioritize, realign your life to the, to the order that God wants it to be aligned. you Jesus can you hear the heart cry of God his desire to be worshipped it is due unto him it is due unto him he deserves it he deserves it he has set you free he has shown he has demonstrated his love for you by sending his son to die shed his blood 
such love he has shown lavished on you not because you were deserving just because he loves you all he demands from you is attention all that he demands from you is worship and he that he demands that is rightfully his that is rightfully his rightfully his hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus i don't know what you're struggling with i i can see it struggle struggle the people were struggling to prioritize worship for them survival was of utmost importance survival was of utmost importance getting holding things together was of utmost importance the next meal was the most important thing because they were struggling they were struggling they did not know that the reason why they were struggling is because they have stopped relying on god because they have stopped putting him first some of you are struggling just because of that the struggles in your life is not because of anything else just because you are not prioritizing god is there a struggle in your life a struggle in your marriage is there a struggle in your life a struggle in your health a struggle in your finances put god first let him fix it for you he will fix it for you put god first what man cannot fix what doctors cannot fix what mediators cannot fix what the government cannot fix god will fix god will restore but you rediscover worship you rediscover devotion unto him pursue him put him first seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added i i'm seeing breakthrough in relationships breakthrough in family relationships put god first breakthrough in family relationships put god first put god first don't compromise on that family relationship will be restored the holes in your purse your your hard you're working hard you're striving after things you're earning but it comes to nothing put god first honor god with your wealth honor god with your possessions honor god with your increase honor god honor god let the first go to god let the best go to god let no one deceive you telling you it is not important anymore it is it is a principle which god honors it is for all generations to benefit out of it's to your benefit it's to your benefit honoring god with your wealth and your possessions is to your benefit it's for the benefit of the generations to come it's for the benefit of your children it's it's your investment into the lives of your children don't hold back from god don't hold back from god be wise be wise in the eyes of god not in your own eyes even with regards to your health don't try to take care of yourself neglecting god i love god to give you wisdom let god give you wisdom follow god's wisdom not man's wisdom man's wisdom will only take it take it further bad aggravate it go by god's wisdom go by god's wisdom ask the lord seek the lord seek the lord's face ask for wisdom you know i'm 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 seeing medical conditions in some of your lives i'm seeing conditions which can be fixed just by heeding to the wisdom of god nothing else just the wisdom 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 calls wisdom calls wisdom calls listen financial struggle will snap out will snap off will snap off struggle the lack put god first put god first commit make a commitment now don't don't keep it for later make a commitment now to honor god to honor god with your increase to honor god with your finances 
to honor God with your wealth. Don't hold up for yourself treasures on this earth. Don't hold up for yourself treasures on this earth. Where moth and rust will eat away. Invest. Invest wisely. The things of, the, of heaven. Store of yourself treasures in heaven. 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 Let heaven bring your yield. Let heaven bring in your yield. Hallelujah.